Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec. Today, we're joined by Ted Adams from Michigan State. Yeah. Just moved there. Ted's going to talk to us about purpose, but let me just give you a little bit of background for Ted, first of all, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot more as we continue our conversation. Ted's taken on the mantle of dedicating his professional energy and passion and knowledge to help executives clarify their unique purpose, align it to the values they deliver, their sales and marketing message. Now, this is something that we've touched on very, very briefly in our previous podcasts, and it's taken us since 2015 to get around to this particular topic. So it's a good time for us to talk about it. I know that we touched very briefly late last year about being thankful and about being grateful, and that will be part of the conversation, but not the focus of the conversation. Welcome, Ted. Thank you for joining us, and uh, let's see what we can discover in our conversation with you. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. We did, as we do, she said, looking at her list of questions. (laughs) Why don't we start with the identifying bit? Talk us through how do you go through identifying and believing in a personal potential? Good. So first and foremost, you will never surpass the level of what you worship. So Mm -hmm. in other words, you are made in the likeness and image of God. Mm -hmm. And if you're worshiping something that is not truly the reflection of who God is, like a subpar identity of God, you won't ever surpass that area, that level of your life, right? So there's a principle that you can't give what you don't have, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same principle of happiness, right? Like, You won't ever be more happy than you view God to be, right? And so being grateful allows you to see the greatness in yourself, and you can't give what you don't have. So if you ever ever notice those people that take from you are actually taking from a place of bankruptcy. They're not intentionally doing it. They're just taking from a place of hurt and unfulfilledness in them, right? In leadership, there's a guy named Paul J. Myers. He formed a company called Leadership Management Institute. He is also a believer, a Christian. He's passed away now, but he has some of the most amazing principles that I love to live by leadership-wise. And one of those principles is they studied, I don't know, I'm going to butcher the number, but let's just call it 10,000 leaders, right? And Mm -hmm. those 10,000 leaders, they basically studied their results, right? And what they learned was someone who has very, very deep level of relationships and a very, very high level of performance standards Mm -hmm. is what's called the developer of people. And so in order to get high performance standards out of people or high performance, because people do like to perform, you have to see their greatness. You have to hunt the greatness, hunt the God that's inside of them. Mm -hmm. And if you're not giving from a place of overflow of your own identity, there's no way that you can hunt that in someone else. Mm -hmm. If you're not comfortable in your own skin, in, in your own greatness, you're just not going to find it. So in identifying that, the process, I guess you've got to identify it in yourself first as a leader before you start to think that you should be able to find it in someone else. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. if you're in an organisation and you get faced with someone who, you, who comes into your team and you think this person is awesome, they just do it all because they have found their purpose how do you align your management style with someone that you find is, in your mind, outperforming you? Mm-hmm. My opinion is that if your team can't launch from your shoulders, you're playing from the wrong launching pad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those around you should not walk on you. They should climb with you 
and launch from you. So I believe if you understand your lane, your gift, your purpose, your destiny, why you're here, right? You can see someone else is different than you, right? Like you can see Mm. a lot of people focus on your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And my feeling is that you should optimize your strengths and play to your strengths, your greatness, and really, really create value from that place of your greatness. And my opinion is everyone's life are are scattered with clues to their destiny. It's just they don't look at those breadcrumbs to their destiny as being done by an intelligent maker, right? Like that he created each and every moment that you're breathing. Every choice that you've made that thought you thought was a wrong choice, it wasn't a wrong choice, right? It was just he can make all of those things come together for good, right? So all that to say, taking and allowing people to stand on your shoulders, not walk on you, big distinction, right? Because when I started in business, a good example of that was everyone on my team. I grew up country, very country, very not emotionally intelligent, right? And everyone on my team would have jokes. They would make fun of me in areas and cut me down and carve me down and, and all of that. And that's not honor, right? I used to think that was okay. And it's just not. There has to be an element of honor because what is honored will grow so and what's this dishonored will die. Having had that experience and where you are now, quite successful, in reflection, how should one deal with that if they're in that situation where people are cutting them down and, and not respecting and what they're here to give? It's such a hard thing. I, it's such a, I, thank God I was taken out of the situation and my situation was changed. My mm-hmm. growth and the team that, that I have now was a result of me being pulled out of that situation. Now I just have a different belief and mentality. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, man, if, if you're in that situation, just awareness is the first step to change. Just okay. be aware of it, that it's not okay. You know, like yes. you need to honor yourself yes. and then other people will step into that place of mutual honor. But you're definitely as a leader there to elevate them and not for them to walk on. In talking then, you mentioned very quickly about emotional yeah. intelligence. Do you think that the the level of emotional intelligence that we see in organizations, in teams, is something that needs to be addressed? So, because it's it's sort of outside of the, the general management scheme of things. Are we mm-hmm. missing a part when we're managers about looking at, at emotional intelligence in our groups, in our teams? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think of management as a platform to influence. And if you're not working on someone as a whole being, um, body, soul, and spirit, um, soul being the emotional area, right? Like your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you're not developing someone in their soul, you are probably missing your your greatest platform for influence. Um, because I believe that that soul change, that the, the constant renewing of the mind, and it's your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions that you're renewing, right? That is the gift that you get to give as a manager. Like the performance and the relationship and all of that, that's great. You know, training them on skills, that's, a, that's, that's amazing. That's what you're expected to do as a manager or a leader, yes. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the gift we get to give is developing them emotionally, you know, yeah. developing not just their emotional intelligence, but things mm-hmm. like helping them with the lies that they're believing, the things that their identity, right? Like what they think about them, because many times the way they view themselves is not the way God views them. And so does that encourage them to be vulnerable in a work situation? Mm. One of my mentors, Jared Roth, would say all the time that communication is not just content. Communication is content plus relationship. 
what well, can you ask the question one more time kim you <laughs> so, said sorry yeah, so I gotta... that's all right do you feel then that we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable in a work situation particularly yeah. emotionally i guess yeah got it i feel like a person will go as deep with you as their trust will allow them to go their level okay. of trust will allow them to go you know, there, there's this historic, I don't know if this still lives in Australia, but historically in the in the US at least, this is going away, but there's been this business versus personal, like here's my personal life. It's almost like people have yeah. like two profiles, yeah. right? Like two yeah. Facebook profiles. Yeah. And it's like, they're separating business and personal. Yeah. And that's just not who we are. We are one congruent human being, right? And I feel like if you push people away and you don't let them into your into your world, they will feel and sense that often the authenticity isn't there. Yeah. The congruency isn't there. So absolutely like vulnerability is key. Um, intimacy is absolutely key to deep relationships. You cannot get epic levels of performance out of people unless you have epic levels of deep relationship with people, because you can only confront at the level of relationship that you have. And if you have a shallow relationship, you can only confront shallow problems and that doesn't create change. So are we moving more towards having tribes, for want of a better word, that, that we're living in a, a tribal or a community relationship with the people that we spend our days with, working with? Mm, yeah, that's, that would be beautiful. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. I feel like if we could do that as a humanity and a business, that would be incredible. I think that yeah. we've kind of moved away from that. Like people move out at the age of 16 from their homes and I did that when I was 17. I moved away from my parents. I don't know what drove that in me, you know, but I feel like uh, a lot of a lot of other countries do it a whole lot better. They live with their family long into their 30s until they're married and they yeah. just do family better. And I think that needs to be retrained, at least in the U.S., of community versus, you know, separation, dependency, Individual. interdependency, yeah. you know. In some ways, you could maybe go and work in an organization that's aligned with your values and ethics and that means as an organization, you hire those people and that part is fine. But then this company has to do business with the rest of the world and they all have different values so and different approaches. So do you think the key to, to staying true and, as you said, authentic as a whole person, a whole organization, is stick to your values and still do business within those standards? Hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good question. So the way I view business is that purpose is kind of what everything is built on and then values are stacked on top of purpose, right? And it's a reflection of the leadership. Like the business is a reflection of the leadership and of the people, right? The culture is a reflection of the, of the business and the people. You know, like Apple Talks, they have a really good preach about, you know, start with why, right? Like start with why is everyone doing this? And uh, I've seen teachers of purpose do what's called story braiding, right? So asking mm -hmm. the people of the organization why they do what they do and being able to tie that to the, to the purpose and the identity of the, of the organization of why they do what they do. So all that to say, I would say purpose first, value second, and keep it simple, <laughs> right? Like people can't follow 50,000 values or buy into because yeah. the, the, the more simple your value system is, I think the easier it is for people to follow. Like purpose, for example, is something that people can grab onto, they can chew on. And no matter what changes in the business of your products or services or your assets long-term change, the why you do what you do should never change. So basically the purpose has got to be about why, not about mm -hmm. 
the service, not about we we produce X number of things in in the time that you need them. It, it's a, a far deeper understanding of of why you're there and what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, for us, for example, mm-hmm. we are all about helping people understand generosity, which is mm-hmm. interesting because today you asked me to speak on gratitude and thankfulness, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, like, how do you how do you tie generosity to yeah. gratitude or purpose? to gratitude and thankfulness. And what I learned is you can't give what, from a place that you don't have, right? Like you, it's a, it, the scripture is you are blessed so that you can be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue and take dominion. But the first thing is being, being thankful for the, for the, blessing, for the blessing, being grateful for the blessing, right? And then you can be called fruitful or valuable mm-hmm. to the world or productive. Yeah. And then you can multiply that productiveness, right? And so for us, it's actually about helping people understand the true gift that's in their heart and then tying messaging around that gift so that their employees, their team and stakeholders call it investors. And most importantly, their customers can get behind that concurrent congruent message and catch the wind on that. Right. So when you're going into organizations and you know, or they've identified that they, they need your help and you, you go in there and you see that they've got a, their core values they've got their purpose they've got their mission statement and you look at it and you think this is all in the wrong place this is all the wrong stuff you know? mm-hmm. how how do you address it at that level before you start working with the people mm-hmm. so as i said it starts with the top so it's very difficult in an organization when you don't have like top level buy-in but change as i said before is all about awareness and so if there's a group that brings you in that's not at the top just creating the gap in awareness between mm. between where they're at and where they say they are or where they say they're going and then helping to unpack that change. So I've been in enough organizations. We built a, enough business coaching companies and marketing companies to where I can instantly walk into an organization and, and feel whether that organization is, has, a, has like a take spirit behind it mm-hmm. or if it has a give spirit behind it, right? And organizations that have a take spirit behind it right? Like they, they're, they're in it to take. It's a really difficult spirit to turn around. Not like you can't do it. It's just like the, the leadership team almost has to completely either turn or there has to be some massive something that happens <laughs> that changes yeah. that spirit yeah. is my experience. So if we look at the last few years where there mm-hmm. has been massive external change to organizations and how they do business and, and what they can manage to do in business, have you seen an organic change, I guess is the best way to put it, of their approaches because they've had to deal with external change over which they've had no control? Mm, yeah, it's a great question. I would say because we've been changing over that time too, so I can't much give it like a reference point, but I can say that I feel like inside of chaos, clarity is formed from chaos. And so there's been so much chaos in the world. I feel like the people that um, or call it the organizations and the leaders that will evolve successful through the chaos are the ones that just quiet the noise. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, they almost separate themselves from the noise, right? And they get clear on their purpose, their destiny, what they're supposed to do. And then people join behind that momentum, you know? So I feel like there's been a new focus on 
what should be like the family values. Like people are just settling back into like homeschooling, for example, you know, or focusing on the family unit, people working from home. And so there's been a reprioritization of people's focus from the inside out. What's been, what's historically in business, what, what's that separation I'm talking about a business versus personal, it's very outside in. Yeah. Instead of becoming the fullness of you and from the fullness of you, the overflow is your leadership. Most people do it the other way around. They they help, they go fix into need. They sow into need instead of into opportunity or purpose. See, if you look at it in that sense, they're looking to fulfill someone else's need because that gives them justification rather than looking at themselves and and as you say, having the, the overflow spread out much more evenly and much more smoothly. It's an interesting take. I think we'll get some response out of that. Yes. Thank you. That's part one of our discussion with Ted Adams. Join us for part two, where we will continue to look at thankfulness, gratitude, purpose in our leadership of our teams. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fleana Osborne, and this is Inside Executive.